Well, in the garden of humanity, does a rose desire to be a violet? Does a violet wish to be a tulip? Welcome to Awaken Life Radio, a podcast about being a spiritual being, having a human experience in a world gone mad. Each week, we will discuss how you can heal yourself, cultivate your intuitive superpowers, and be a sacred vessel for planetary healing. I am your host, Narayani Gaia. Welcome to today's episode. This is Narayani Gaia, and I am here with the beloved Lori McDonald. Hi, Lori. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. Yay. I, I'm so happy to have Lori here. Um, I got to interview you, gosh, was it 2016, 2017? It's been a a couple of years um, for for Global Awakening Experience. Mm -hmm. And I had seen you on Gaia with Regina Meredith. And that was amazing. And I was like, can we talk? And you're like, sure. I was like, yay. (laughs) And this time I was like, I want to interview you. You're like, okay. I was like, and can you come to the party? You're like, sure. And I just love your positive (laughs) energy. I'm so grateful for your openness. Um, For those of you who don't know Lori, you're in for an amazing, amazing treat. Lori, I see as a brilliant wisdom keeper and um, very deep and honest and grounded spiritual teacher. Like a lot of spiritual teachers, they don't call themselves spiritual teachers. Um, She is a certified hypnotherapist amongst many, many things. Um, She's the owner of True You Hypnotherapy. You can find her website at trueyouhypnotherapy.com. She is also the president of... Opus, which is an organization that focuses on UFO research and is one of the leading um, researchers on UFO phenomena. I'm just going to say that right now. That's what I think (laughs) after following this stuff for many years Um, in the world. She is not just a spiritual person. She is also, uh, uh, are you, did, did I hear that you were, doing like you were in school to study physics a few years ago like or some... yeah i've studied um astrophysics astrophysics as well and uh, some quantum physics as well yes. um i'm quite interested in that it's um a specific way to interpret the universe yeah yeah and why not learn all the <laughs> ways yeah so we're going to be getting into interpreting the universe today and we're going to be getting into the um, interpretation of the universe that is you um, and getting into the true you of true you hypnotherapy and i want i want to talk with you Lori, about the multi-dimensional self because i know that you can have this conversation about what it means to be multi-dimensional with your personal experience as a third generation ufo experiencer as a leader and a, a therapist a hypnotherapist for those who are sent to you i know you're referred from around the world from people mm-hmm. who have memories and and past life flashbacks and experiences and inner knowings i love the talk i saw on youtube i was watching it the other day 
today. You, you outlined all these archetypes and characters of people that have experiences. And it was so fascinating to me because I just geek out on, um, on the human mind, emotion, mm-hmm. spiritual matrix you know, and I studied a lot of traditional healing therapies, but after a while they all started merging and I, and I started going deeper into just into um, maybe something you get to do with your patients where I wanted to go in and go in with people and just go, let's just see what's there. We don't know what's going to happen yet, but we're, but we're grounded enough and our hearts are, are um, we're in our hearts enough to feel safe to explore the unknown and stay curious. And that journey to me keeps me interested in, mm-hmm. um, and, and maybe keeps the brain in neuroplasticity. I don't know, but it keeps us in this engaged state of realization, inspiration, insight, motivation. Can you talk about um, what you feel? Let's just start with like what you feel like is, um, really helpful for people to stay motivated on their journey, not just of studying phenomena, but um, the inner journey of discovering self and what you see really helps people stay. I really want people to stay inspired right now. The world's can be so confusing and seems very divisive. What do you feel like is really helpful for people to stay inspired on their journey of spiritual discovery and really just to like be stoked to get out of bed in the morning and, and, and try something new and, and be, you know, be greeting the world with that um, openness and excitement. Well, to be inspired means to be in spirit. So you're already coming at it with a very specific mindset, but to stay on your path, you have to understand the difference between fate and destiny. Fate are the things that happen. They are circumstances in our life. They are not our life. It's not who we are. They are certain experiences. And so we have an opportunity to view them as steps in learning. So if we look at all the fate that happens, the good, the bad, the trauma, all of them are just opportunities to learn, just like in the phenomena, um, whether you see an orb or whether you hear a spirit or see a ghost, a UFO or an alien, to me, it doesn't matter. What it, all roads lead to consciousness or consciousness expansion in understanding the true self. And the true self, the human is, where we make our first mistake. Most people think that, oh, you're a human, that's your race. Um, It's not. Actually, human, hue is the word for light or how we measure the depth or saturation of light. Man comes from manifestation to come into the physical to be embodied. So the human is a light embodied being and race and gender or subcategories of that type of entity that we are. So first off, you have to know what you are. Once you know what you are, you're able to begin to answer those larger philosophical questions. And that's what keeps people motivated, wanting to understand what we are, why are we here? Why did that happen to me? Like we were saying, you know, pre-interview, why is important, but what? is more important energetically. What can I do to learn? 
What can I do to change? What can I do to feel better even? You know, it's being honest. Finding the true self is the multidimensional self. Finding the true self is the multidimensional self and being honest. Um, I appreciate that. I was just having a conversation with someone in my family earlier and I was telling them I was going to interview you. And I was like, have you gone down the rabbit hole yet of like what's really happened with the UFO phenomena? This is someone who's really into sci-fi, you know? And he's like, "Eh, I just have one question. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, well, if they're really here, why haven't they revealed themselves? And I go, all right, let's sit with that for a second. And I thought, you know, I'm not sure that's the right question. Let's look a couple of layers deep because you're already coming in with three layers of doubt, mm-hmm. right? So first of all, are they here? And I don't want to answer this with you. I'm just being theoretical this time. Are they here? How did they get here? Why are they here? Right? And so this what you're saying is like, know who you are, <laughs> which is where we're starting. Well, know you're what you're made of. And let's anchor in the true identity of human of being a light, right. light being having a human experience. And then, hey, like just shifting your perception from who you think you are, the outer into that deep inner and seeing from that, the inner out, all the other pieces start, can start to fill in, right? Okay, right. keep going, please. Yeah, and it's not really what... Um, alien or what alien revealed itself to you they're all interested in us we're the common denominator here we're the uh, the matter of importance why because the human that light and body being is an extremely powerful creator and co-creator of our third dimensional reality and in in this reality we have an opportunity to have a path of enlightenment to begin to see the truth. Um, but that comes from within, internally, the inner mind, the in spirit, the any inward you want to pick, because that is the path. It's to move in. When we focus our attention into the external world, where we're told, what is important, uh, what we should be, what, where we should measure up. These are limitations that are somebody else's truth. And our truth, and really our only obligation, really there are two things to master on the planet. One is love and the other is fear. And love is dualistic in nature. One must be able to give and receive. And I find that most people are not in balance with that, that they can't really find the ability to be vulnerable enough to really receive. They can give because you're controlling that, right? But so in nature, both giving and and receiving has to be in balance with love. And then with fear, we're either fear-based, so that might happen, it could happen, it happened before, none of that is real. Um, Or we are so we're fear mongering creating fear for others to stifle their growth because if you're not going to grow nobody's going to grow i mean so fear and love those are the two things everything falls under that if you're wounded if you're feeling insecure if you're jealous if you don't feel you're good enough 
that you don't feel you got the parents you deserved. If only you would have come from that ideal home, you might be this, you might be that. None of that stuff is empowering or it, none of it's going to allow you to unfold. You're still in the wounded and that's okay because maybe those situations are brought to your attention because they did hurt you. So let's focus on what's happening. And that's maybe I'm not feeling good enough to reach my potential, to move forward, to, to feel vulnerable enough to be my true self, to really be loved. And that's what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to jump in. Uh, if you don't mind, there's a couple Please. of things. There's a couple of juicy, really cool things in there. I mean, the whole thing is cool. The whole design, I think, of of understanding. You know, we want people to understand who you who you are. We want you to understand who you are, and how to find that deep, enlightened fulfillment that's available when you're in integrity in yourself. Because there's a joy. I'm in, I'm in the, I'm on a roll right now. I told you I'm in like seven days, 16 days in the cleanse. And Amazing. I've been, I've been feeling like, um, in my life, and this is what I said, I was going to reach out to you, but I kind of worked through it, which is like, where I'll be like, I'm in integrity. I'm like eating all the right things. And then it's like, and now I'm not, and now I am. And I really wanted to, that, that gap became very loud to me in the beginning of COVID. And I felt like it was a piece for me to clean up in order to feel like I could stay in an integrity and it's a journey. It's a journey. If I had it all figured out, I probably wouldn't need, we wouldn't need bodies, right? If we had it all figured out. But there's some things that are so deeply in the psyche. Like you said, you know, this thing about giving and receiving. I love that in our school and Awaken Life School, we work like, we work for at least nine, 10, 11, like months before we even practice receiving because of all of the fear and the conditioning and the, this teaching that I really love is that you know, religion has said that it's better to give than to receive. If that is not the most indoctrinated patriarchal freaking, I'm sorry, I have a little thing about this thing that it's better to give than to receive. Like, come on, really? Like, please. So I love that you said that. And I love that you made the point that to give, you stay more in control. I mean, I'm talking about how myself and my own patterns. I get it. If I serve people, I feel good about myself. I mean, everything has to be in balance. You have right. to be able to equally give. One is not better. One is not worse. Right. It, we're talking balance, being able right. to give freely without condition, without judgment, and to be vulnerable enough to receive love, even if that love comes with criticism. You know, it's about really being honest and people right now are conditioned to have a external personality that they present to the world. And so we're wounded, but we can see there is a physical manifestation of the imbalance and the chakra energy, right? Each chakra holding the well say the root chakra for instance the foundation should be the strongest one initially to build your house on you need a strong foundation yeah and, yeah and that's, that's a way at the school we start with that oh you we have to we have to you know <laughs> the inner child lives in the root chakra 
mm-hmm. our ability to feel loved and secure in the world. If the root chakra is not in balance, the emotional energy of the adult is run by the child. So you might feel insecure in your relationship. You might feel jealous in your relationship. You might feel not good enough. All of those energies are inner child work throwing off the root chakra. You know, and so we always can see the behavioral manifestation to the imbalance in the chakra all the way up. So for instance, the sacral chakra, which I do like to focus on with women because it's generally the one that, um, in, although it should be a soft but brilliant orange, when I perceive it in many women, it's muddied and streaks of um, really just going to say black because that's exactly what it is. Like the mother and wound, I know isn't that it? those are blocks. Yeah, yeah, like deep in the cool. mother wound. I found when we started going in to look at like a lot of the stories when I track and we look in like, oh, what's going on with this thing around like overgiving and like you're not being met and all this stuff that it's like this black mucky energy. And what spirit told me was that's what causes cancer is that for especially in that mother wound that have you, have you seen that? Yeah, yeah all illness um, is directed to the mind body. The mind controls the body, the body obeys just understanding what we are sure we understand with the light and body being to begin with that's the consciousness of spirit but but the physical body uh, we have to learn how to connect the mind and body and have an understanding gotta understand how to work the brain how to use the solar plexus you know a lot of scientists think that it really is the first brain because it receives the information in the environment like an antenna Uh, whether it's a gut feeling or intuition or butterflies. And then that information is processed through the brain. So we're not learning in our society what we are and how to operate the system. I mean, the subconscious is much like a hard drive. It's putting information in so we can actually anticipate the reaction. You see somebody with a closed throat chakra, unable to speak their truth, not able to speak up, maybe humming and hawing. You'll find physically they're constipated. We see any restriction, it manifests both in behavior and in the physical body. So it's not even that hard to figure out once we're open enough to begin to look at it and go, oh, yeah, I've, I've seen that in myself or that's what I do. Maybe I have to look at this. And we begin to simultaneously work with three levels of our energy fields. We're working with the emotional body, the physical body, and the spiritual body. We're creating alignment into the depths of the consciousness. We're utilizing both the subconscious through programming ourselves into a new desired behavior and we're balancing that with understanding and respecting our own bodies and minds yeah i remember us talking about three levels before we were talking about Mm -hmm. the soul and stuff and yeah it's so good it's so good really starting to starting to get the map is really important I found that in the beginning, learning the chakras and learning what they mean, like in the 90s when I was learning that stuff, it was really helpful. But as years went on, um, as a body worker for many years, and then I was, my teacher trained me in remote healing in 2006 after a series of dreams. 
And the way that we work with remote healing, with essence work, like we don't go in like putting energy in your grid. We're not going in and pulling things out, which, you know, has this thing, whatever that is, but really go in with the higher selves and go, okay, what wants to have, what's happening here? And often there's just, there's a holding, the energy does what it does. You know, it does what it does, the clearing, the layers lift. It's kind of just, it's very beautiful. And when we do self-inquiry in the school, it's similar. It's like, okay, where do you feel that story in your body? Let's look at the energy. Let's breathe into it. Let's just give it space. Like, what does it say? What happened? What's there? Oh, and then it just, it, it just moves. It just moves. And then we start cultivating the heart. Then after learning, then this stuff, then they're ready to like get into the vision. Mm-hmm. And so I really get what you're saying. Like the, you know, the, the healing, everybody the healing. needs to just- heal those emotional wounds that are left over mm-hmm. from relationships and childhood and mm-hmm. perceived failures yeah. and perceived body image and everybody you know, else's idea of who you should be. Yeah. You know, and when we are kind of aware of um, the, the chakra value um, to behavior and healing, it creates um a space in us that becomes very non-judgmental and extremely accepting because like I said, it's predictable. This happens. This is the reaction. It's kind of a cause and effect. So to judge somebody is not going to allow them to feel the authentic care and concern in propagating their internal healing. And through a non-judgmental attitude, there's that level of self-acceptance and you cannot change what you cannot accept. And so we have to look at the self, become aware, but all of it, the good, the bad, the ugly, and just really embrace it. And not from a non-judgmental perspective, because everything has a reason, it's cause and effect. And so let's just look at the effect. We can understand the reasons. It's just simply logic. And then begin the process. One little step, removing that layer of judgment and beginning to have that self-acceptance will lead us into a deeper self-love and then development and then self-mastery and then self-actualization. And then you, you're the person that you want to be in the world. Cool. Yeah. I, I love that you were talking about this word honesty mm-hmm. as well. And maybe yeah. we could dwell a little bit on, on honesty and not self-judgment. I feel like at my school with my mentees and the mentors, we, we do our best to really hold a safe space and train people to ground and be willing mm-hmm to be really transparent in the container of our groups to share without judgment. And what happens is those who are ready who feel safe enough with just that little shift start to discover. And, and I love this word, honesty. Can you speak about how people shift into that? I mean, is it that simple? If they feel safe, they can be honest. If they, is what, and what is the role? When, maybe when you realize seen that, that. Mm-hmm. when we start blaming everybody else, blaming and shaming, and it's always somebody else, then we're not in our integrity. We're not being honest. We just have to be kind 
and ask ourselves a few questions. Is this the way I want to feel in, in the world? Is this the way I want to be? If you're answering no, I don't want to be like this. I don't want to feel like that. I always thought I could do better. I sensed I had this potential. Why can't I reach this potential? You know, that potential is there. And it's a burning desire and through some simple steps of self-acceptance into awareness, we can actualize that and become what it is we want to be in the world. The world shouldn't tell us how we are supposed to be. We That's should right. naturally be ourselves. And so allowing people to speak their truth without shame, um, without blaming, and to just be, it is what it is, okay? You can judge it all you want. That's not helping anybody. It is what it is. And if it's real and true and honest, then it can be adjusted. One can self-correct and shift out of the energy, out of that cycle, because everything's just a pattern in the mind. It's a programmed response. I have my dogs here. <laughs> They're so cute. <laughs> Yeah. So cute. Yeah. This is such a, this is a little reframe. I want to, I like dwelling on like words or a few words or one thought because mm -hmm. I want to encourage our listeners to really get this piece. Usually we think of honesty in relation to telling the truth about a story, um, not necessarily about not blaming or shaming. And um, it's, it's kind of like you, I'm feeling that adjustment in myself, like, oh, to be honest is to say what's real um, for myself and, and acknowledge my, the desire that I have to be my potential. And what you're good at. Yeah. And have and a hard time saying, mm -hmm. I'm a, a good teacher. I'm a good healer. I feel I'm on a good path. There's this... Um, contradictory energy that comes from the communities that sure we're, we want to promote confidence and respect but then a woman begins to own her stuff and feel confident and now it threatens other people and so it prevents women from saying what they're good at and being honest means about all the stuff you know what you're good at where you want to improve and where you really suck okay right <laughs> keep it real people you know you could yeah, feel sorry. that you could feel you could feel that you could feel it in yourself you could see it yeah. in yourself whether you talk publicly about it or talk privately or work with your practitioners or whoever to really yeah. be be honest with yourself and own your shit and mm -hmm. it doesn't mean That's you're right. stuck in that but you know i i'm reflecting and i haven't felt this in a while but it wasn't that long ago that i did which is it's funny that you say that because I remember I was telling you about this talk I was watching from 2017 of yours on YouTube. I saw you call yourself out on something. You said something, you said, well, to be honest. And I was like, oh, that was cute. And I caught that. And I do that as well because I feel like I, I'm the one who has to feel an integrity in myself that has to yeah. put my head down and close my eyes at night and feel like, I've, like I'm being, like I'm, I'm whole in myself. And, um, I just, I've had experience being younger in the, I've had experiences in the past where as soon as I start to feel really clear, then there comes all the psychic. Um, and I think a lot of the people who follow mm. my work, and I would imagine you as well, are psychic, you know, then they feel that, oh, 
I'm aware that there's judgment towards me, right? I was telling you before about a dream. I traveled into the future to an interdimensional classroom and there yeah. people were like, oh, Naraini, what are you doing here? You're just that <laughs> girl from New York who thinks that she's spiritual and talks a lot of shit, you know? And I, and I was like, I don't know. I guess I'm here. I guess I've made it here. You know, I don't know. And um, there's that part where we, I know where I've, I'll tend to go into like, that pattern of, of making myself small so that others feel okay. Or so, you know, I, I mean, I do it right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be moving out of this, this rental bay in this really cute little place by the ocean and like most expensive real estate in Santa Cruz, it's all very cute. Um, you know, it's like, and I notice that the pattern is that I'm, I've stayed small but what I really want, which I'm going towards, is a big home with land, my healing temple where people can come. Like I have the big vision. And unless I continue to give myself permission to take up all the space that I can take up, it's not going to happen. I'll keep taking the lowest hanging fruit. And, and I've done so many years of that. And now at the gate of going into my 50s, I'm like, and it is time to be who I am, which is I'm here to take up some space. I'm here. That's to- right. I mean, and who yeah. else should we be? This is such a wonderful conversation and um, we could go so many directions. I wanted to follow up with you, Lori, about this piece of, you know, women's issues with the second chakra. I shared a little about my story. Then we started going out into the, you know, into healing and into um, being honest and not judging yourself and taking out of blame and shame into really, um, you know, being honest about your faults, but also your gifts. And I was sharing a story about taking up space and my own journey of claiming what I want. And so um, I feel like we skipped over a little piece that I feel like could be really valuable because in Awaken Life Radio, I really like to give tips for healing that are really practical. And I feel like that second chakra thing was something you had messaged me about that you wanted to yeah. talk about. Let's let's go a little deeper into that piece. You know, yeah. For for women, um, if a woman is overly promiscuous, for sure, there's some asexual energy that didn't register respectfully. Like leaky, woman- like leaky sexual energy. Like just mm-hmm. like, like you just like, they're always like, they don't even know all the time. They're just, okay. Yep. No, they, they don't know uh, because that is the energy that vortice of their body is emitting. It's the second system, you know, in science, the anatomy of the body, uh, the chakras are, you know, what we called it you know, a thousand years ago with the Hindus. But, but when we've added all of these layers of understanding, we can see you know, or the women that are frigid or afraid. So I remember one time I was about 10 and I was selling chocolate bars door to door for school. And this guy answers the door and he's smoking a joint, which I didn't know what that was. And he's in his like tidy whities and he's like filling the whole door frame. And I'm like, <laughs> selling chocolate bars. And I, I hold up my chocolate bar and he like blows the smoke at me. And he said, um, how old are you? And I said, 10. He said, well, uh, come back in a few years and uh, I'll teach you about selling chocolate bars. And he went, right, like I didn't know at all, seriously, no idea what he meant, but that registered 
as negative sexual energy in my sacral chakra mm-hmm. because everything is energy and the energy was mm-hmm. affected by that. So even a slight induendo, but it also holds all of this powerful energy, our creator energy of giving birth, right. menstruation, menopause, uh, abortion. The women who have had abortions also have a wounded uh, sacral chakra because they don't get it. You know, once a year in the Himalayans, um, the grandmothers and the elder women teach the younger women about birth and about abortion, that even in birth, there's a duality. The woman might think she's choosing not to have this kid, but that is not the only decision that soul is also backing out hence miscarriage and so it's a two-way street there you're not making that decision alone and so then they take the color of the sacral chakra this kind of orange wheel like energy just happened to be my placemats (laughs) if you guys are listening she's showing me an orange circle wheel if you're not watching the video Perfect. It's happened to be your placements. Okay. Great. Got it. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. And um, uh, so they hang these flags. And in the hanging of, it's representing the removing of the energy. And they let the mountain air blow through it to dissipate any um, negativity, as if you're blowing out a spider web of debris. And this allows the sacral chakra to begin healing so that our creative energy now bursts forward and we're beginning to create on all new levels our sensuality and our sexuality becomes respectful and balanced, open and honest and healthy, healthy in a way that uh, allows you to just vibrate at that energy that you're supposed to, no props here, <laughs> okay? Just, it's an internal vibration. It's like, ah. totally. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It reminds me of when I, when I deeply first connected with my second chakras, when I started learning Qigong, Qigong and I had that big Kundalini awakening in 2002. And he had us just dwell on our second chakra, second chakra, second chakra, second chakra. And I've been doing yoga and I've been doing, you know, I've been doing pranayama and cleansing and stuff at that point for six years or something like that. Then later doing womb clearings and, you know, starting, I met someone who's like, imagine light. And then I started doing heart cultivation. They're like, just focus on your heart. And I'm like, what about my second chakra? And they're like, just focus on the heart. So that's why like at the school, you have that too, because you have these different initiations. Like now just focus on the third eye. So, uh, you know, and that's why at my school, we do like a week or, and you'll see when you guys will see, hopefully the book comes out. I'd love for you to read my book, by the way. Um, Yay. Um, Where you like train, like, can you ground at will? Can you come into that area and look at will? Can you come into your heart at will? And I think I take that for granted that that's, I've been practicing it. I'm guessing you as well have that awareness. I mean, you just glow. So in, in the level of conversations we have, I know you have that inner, that rainbow body is, is awakened. And it's something that should be in the curriculum, right? It's like, mm-hmm. that's why I want to develop this for kids, which is like an awakened embodiment for kids. 
to train teachers to bring to schools. So like, do you know how to breathe into your body at will? Can you come into your heart at will? Can you air out your energy, take a deep breath and just like these things are, I feel like are right. We have a right to know how to work with energy, with our energy. Well, and I think that's a fabulous thing to do. I mean, with the kids, especially teaching them uh, emotions like anger, they know that that's getting mad, but actually anger is not just about getting mad. It's always hiding something deeper, shame, embarrassment. Somebody called you as you're angry, you know, you know, anger is just a mask. It's not, it's, there's some hurt there. And so getting kids to understand the emotional verbiage and that there's some context to it that leads to a truth and then teaching them skills in letting go of feelings or emotions and so that they can create space to begin to program themselves the way that they want to feel. So if that means being able to ground at will, absolutely you know i can do that and use the mind and body because i've been practicing that for a long time but i think that kids need to learn how to do this and one of the simple exercises i like to do with kids and some adults but is to after teaching them how to breathe <laughs> because they not really sure how but I like to tell them it's kind of like pretending to be asleep. So mimic the breath of sleep, breathing in through the nose and exhaling through the mouth. Show them that it can create like an internal wheel of breath, like a cycle, same in and same out. And maybe on their in breath, their belly gets big and it gets small again when they exhale. Teaching a child how to control themselves, it gives them the ability to be in control of themselves, control their mind, their body, ultimately their health, and how they behave in the world. This is so important. I mean, I hope that you can get your program into schools. But what I have them do is, uh, after taking a few breaths like that, is I ask them to now move their mind into the soles of the feet, like scan into it, feel into it, sense that stirring, that tingling of energy as the mind and body connect. And it teaches them how to connect to be present and they will feel it. Kids are great at um, mindfulness and it's just another thing to teach them. If we're not, I really think we're amiss to not begin to show the younger culture how to utilize their humanity and, and to teach them that about consciousness expansion. And, you know, not just about, um, our world, but our universe, because everything is connected. The sun, the moon, all of the planets create the stability for us to live here. It's not just, oh, we can breathe air and we have blue skies. I mean, we need to teach them the expanded view here that, you know, the moon is responsible for 
the, the waves of the ocean and so on and so forth. The sun is in space. This is what we need to get them to see the bigger picture so that they can begin to accept non-human entities and life in multiple forms because anyone on their spiritual journey who has those out-of-body experiences or trains in remote viewing, who has the ability to move the consciousness into a stream of energy and then into observation mode, we're, it's going to teach us all how to learn and connect and grow. I mean, and we can all do this. It's just a matter of the appropriate teachings. Yeah, one of the things that I love about, thank you for bringing it out. I get so in, so it's, thank you for bringing it back out. A um, couple of things come up when I hear you say that. One is that I've found, and this, this was combined with studying a lot of um, indigenous teachings too. Like when I was in my 20s, I did a lot of traveling and I camping, went to Mexico and we'd sleep outside a lot and stuff, a young hippie on, on, on her journey to try to find the answers to life. I'm still there. Um, but um, it was really amazing to learn when does the moon rise when she's full? When, where is the sun setting? Where is the sun setting in relation to where I'm sitting? And it was like a locating of myself in the universe. And in Qigong, we do that too. You are standing and then you're seeing the horizon. So you're seeing where the horizon is. And just doing ceremony where you're calling in the directions, you're aware what direction you're facing. I feel like that really in some ways has helped me open up psychically. I used to do a lot of personal ceremony where I don't do it as much anymore. I just call in the directions. And in the morning, if I do that, my dreams come to me. There's something about locating yourself. Have you had experience with that? Is that a, is that a Buddhist thing? Did you learn that in your I, I've mountain done training? Qigong, mm-hmm. uh, um, but uh, with the training that I received from uh, the Buddhist monks, it was primarily mind control. I had to control my own mind uh, because I went to them because I couldn't stay in my body. I, the moment I would relax, I would just be popping out to my body, walking around myself. And although it was very interesting and then a little bit frightening because it kept happening too much, um, I began to ask the right questions, which is really everything in life. It's not, um, you know, why are we here? Those are not the right questions. There's no uh, way you're not going to get your, yeah, you got to be specific, right? Can you talk, very, talk about that for a second? Well, you know, the universe does listen to us. Um, and I'm going to say that um, whenever we're in our full integrity, All we have to do is trust the universe. All of our needs will be taken care of. Everything will align and we will be okay. Everything, here's the spoiler alert, right? (laughs) In the end, Mm -hmm. everything is gonna be okay. It's all okay. If it's not Mm -hmm. okay, right? It's not the end. So uh, there's a little bit uh, more to learn, right? It's really simple. It's not always easy. But it is simple, it, but it's just being integrity, having honesty, and then beginning to ask the right questions about the self, 
the true self, not the self that was created, not the judgmental self, not the needy self, not the self-saboteur. Don't want to talk to them too much. I mean, but the true self, which is just another way of saying the spiritual self. Or the human. Yeah. And that's what resonates is, and that's what's connected to everything. So for me, it brings me um, a great amount of safety, confidence. Um, I feel well grounded, uh, capable. Um, Although people may judge me, I find that that's um, okay. I, I think that's great, I love it. Uh, you know, because now they're thinking, <laughs> but, you know, I think that that's okay. doesn't mm-hmm. affect me because I feel that I'm in a place of personal empowerment, which does generate deep feelings of inner peace. But more importantly, being in that place of empowerment, um, what other people think of me or my beliefs doesn't change how I feel. Yeah, that's I powerful. Feel good enough about myself that I don't yeah. need to put that on someone else that mm. they have to think my way for it to be real. Mm. And if they don't believe me, I'm not um, affected by that either because, Hey, we're all entitled to our own journey That's right, and it's okay. You know? Yeah. So when you were, when you were learning how to not leave your body, when you relaxed, <laughs> was it, what was it? Was it how to be in your body? Was it how to focus? What was it that helped you integrate at that time? Well, there are two main words um, that come to mind. Um, one is focus. Um, and one is control. Uh, the ability to focus my energy and to control my mind. And uh, with those words, um, I can instantly ground myself. But I learned more about other worlds and other non-human life forms from the Buddhists than I've learned from the thousand regression sessions that I've done. I've learned the ability to understand that I am a multi-dimensional being and that I have an eternal soul. I've been greatly privileged in a sense uh, to be able to be shown things any non-human entity that does communicate with me uh, I have rules Um, I want actual physical manifestation because I don't want my mind messed with (laughs) Uh, it's the Virgo in me and I -hmm. want them to ask my permission Mm -hmm. and uh, call me by my name Mm -hmm. and to be respectful And with that, I know that I'm aligning with a higher consciousness. And so it's my own protocol. I think it's a good protocol for anyone to follow. A lot of people are running around out there trying to connect with all types of star beings and so forth. And what they don't understand is that um, when you're running around open like that, you're attracting all kinds of energy, both lower astral energy as well as the higher astral energy, but the interference that you're going to be receiving will be lower uh, because you're coming from a non-grounded place. There's a lot of people running around out there calling themselves star seeds. This is my star family. And 
although that's there's a probability of that one of the issues of being a star seed and having a star family is it diminishes uh, the human um lots of people have reported to me that ets have told them they're their real family et would not say that um, real family creates a seed of doubt uh, within a child with it it's highly detrimental to their nourishing and new uh, under growth of the internal mind because they're going to always second guess who their family is it seeds distrust distrust and it makes love confusing and so they wouldn't do that and so there's other non-human entities that do interfere and so understanding that a star family who says you're theirs you belong to them it's another way of saying possession and giving somebody the right into your energetic body or your consciousness and so there's a lot of uh, learning to do but slowly with a well-grounded balanced non-judgmental attitude self-accepting and staying grounded will keep all of the little bits of our personalities in check you know how you can really tell the difference mm -hmm. you know people will relate to the i am energy is during their awakening <laughs> i am and um as they evolve in that what they'll learn is that you can be you can graduate from i am energy to so say i which means that you're taking full responsibility now for your actions and that you're moved into that place of dharma mm -hmm. into teaching but taking full responsibility mm -hmm. and the i am energy is awareness mm -hmm. but the so say i mm -hmm. is acceptance mm -hmm. i when i tune in with those i feel like the i am and maybe this is a code that's a religious code but that the I am is related to like the heart and like the like the infinite I am like somehow in the when I think, I, think I Saint Germain energy is, is it Saint Germain of, yeah I don't I think of it Christ Sophia too mm -hmm. but Saint Germain that makes sense too that violet flame and and then I think of I as like the the like when I used to hang out with Rastas in the early 20s, they were like, yes, I, and I, and I. And it always felt like it was a little above the head to me. And like when we, in my school, when we, when we work on empowerment, the higher self, to me, that's the I that is taking full responsibility and is always choosing throughout time and space. And so when we work with that, we actually work a little out. We work out of the body and then we bring it into the body because there's this... Is that wonderful? Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Laurie approved. That's so far. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. That energy. Yeah. There's a, a multitude of resources mm -hmm. for us to pull from. And energy, I mean, once it leaves us, it mm. doesn't disappear. <laughs> right. It, it becomes collective in um, a, like a consciousness cloud. It's how the laws of attractions work. It's through this, these energies are continuously emitting from us. And we do have the opportunity through our learning to be aware of what we're sending and attracting and be loving. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the I am definitely to draw that in because 
all of those energies, some of them being imbued upon the psyche of women, we can draw from and learn others are masculine energies. And as you begin to sense out into these, you'll feel what you resonate with. And you'll begin to feel that deeper internal and higher minded connectedness. Right. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a beautiful, unconditional, loving energy. Yeah. That's always the safe bet, right? The protection, like, would love say that. Because you're like, what would love? That's right. Unconditional love say. Um, it reminds me of this piece when you talk about the awareness and remote viewing. No, I'm not trained in remote viewing, although I'd probably do it real quickly, I would imagine. But, um, but I actually, I do, well, I do remote healing and I can see, anyway, whatever, always learning. But I'm thinking about Chief because, you know, I, t- I was talking about him before and people who know a little bit about my work know about um, Chief Elkman and his path. And um, he was trained in remote viewing as a kid. And I know that if he was here in body still, it's been four, it'll be four years this summer. If he was, oh. in, he's like, it's okay. Like, yeah, he loved it. He loved that we were coming out and he was, we, we were sharing, he's sharing a lot of teachings. So he's trained in remote viewing as a young kid. And we were talking about before, like learning how to leave your body at will and those kind of things. And um, that I would imagine you got just brought the reins in, in some, it sounds like in some of your trainings um, with the Buddhists. And he would say like being, being able to see and connect through time and space was as simple as awareness. It's that simple. And he was one of the most prophetic men that I ever met. Usually most women, most people I know that are really psychic are women, but he was just profoundly like he just knew. And after he transitioned, I looked back and just could see all the things that were planted that he said that were true and that I didn't know. And mm-hmm. amazingly, and there's that simple teaching. And I, I just want to bring this home as we finish, we could go all night and for the sake of um, time and respecting your time as well. Um, we talked about all kinds of stuff about mm. um, connecting, being aware of what's possible for children, mm-hmm. um, being aware of um, of who we are. And you started just talking about boundaries. I think there's a whole other piece, which is, do you ever talk, because we started about the second chakra and what comes to mind when I hear you say what works, what your group, what's what your protection is kind of like it needs to be respectful. They need to know your name. Um, there were a couple of other things that you said. It's, it starts to, um, in this have my permission, your permission. Right. And in the awakened life school, we, we call that boundaries. We're like your boundaries is actually your yes instead of your no. And so it's the things you're affirming in your space so that you are in vibration with your positive energy still, but still protected. And what I saw and what my mentor taught me many years was for women, the, the womb is the energy of the vessel, right? This is old mystic teachings Mm -hmm. too. And that what comes to mind is that teachings of like the container, like your soul is a container and your body, she always taught me, this is one of the most profound things, like your body exists within the container of your soul, of your spirit, like your light body, yourself. And these are my words, but like yourself is way beyond your physical form. Oh, absolutely. Right. So So your physical form. The body's a vessel. Yeah. Do you ever teach about the womb and the energy of the womb for women? If you're open to share more of that, I think that's a, a mystic, yeah, I, missing, hidden thing that we're just 
nobody's talking about that. So it used to be um, woman, W-O-M-B-M-A-N, woman was carrier of the mm -hmm. manifestation. Mm -hmm. And in older religions, uh, they did believe that the woman was closer to what they called God because we were able to vibrate at uh, the frequency to manifest in another human being inside of us and then expel it from our body and amazing. share. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, what, what? <laughs> still, <laughs> but, still amazing, yeah. It is amazing. You know, I have two kids, um, four granddaughters and another child on the way. Not my, my son's pregnant. And oh, that's amazing. Your son, huh? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, you know, he's partly you, pregnant. You are yeah. really special. <laughs> I'm telling you the things that we can do. But you know, yeah, yeah. The womb energy um, is all of creation. It's it holds all possibility. And and that is inspiring to understand that all life's possibilities everything can be nurtured and nourished inside of the womb in that creator energy in that sacral chakra through that production and that we have an opportunity to raise sons not soldiers the mother is the first teacher we need to take that power and begin to teach peace. Mm -hmm. We need to teach that um, acceptance and non-judgmental. Mm -hmm. With these things, we're, we would circumvent war. Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like there's not enough food on the planet or there's too many people. I don't believe that's the case. It's I'm just an inability to distribute the uh, goods correctly and with equality. How, how would you suggest that women, amen, I mean, a woman, yes. <laughs> um, how would you suggest women protect our wombs? Because there's something we're not saying, which I'm just going to say, which is a little underneath here. And I'm, I'm took, taking the extra time because I think there's like this nectar to this talk. I want to get to this like thing. I don't know, thing. Um, there's, you know, I mean, I was watching one of your talks like, oh, I'm having sex with Palladians and like we're hybrid and all this. So like, there are energies that want your womb. There's the guy when you're 10 year olds, you know, that's standing, there's, you know, yeah. there's pornography, there's child trafficking. There's, 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 there's spiritual goddesses, 30 years old, naked, getting, building a coaching business. I'm like, really? Mm -hmm. You know, I've got like the grandmothers in my ear, like, please just cover your shoulders. Cause you know, you're drawing all this energy when you come to ceremony, it's not their shame of sexuality. We're not trying to shame you. It's just be aware of your power. Um, you know, which well, is I mean, one time when I was going into one of the temples, I think I was either in Cambodia or Vietnam, mm. and my shawl was in my bag, and they reminded me on my way in to make sure I covered my shoulders. And I said, I'm happy to respect what you ask of me, but can I point out that on the walls, all of these deities are showing their breasts? Mm. And it's a fact. And I said, um, in, so who is feeling uncomfortable 
with the shoulders because we can see here through the depiction of the story they're telling us that this is how the woman, the goddess, she's showing her breasts because breasts nourish and nurture and they provide milk and sustenance. And, and this is a beautiful thing. It is how we feed each other without using any other external resource during that very important time. I know some women do it till their kid is five. That's their choice. I'm, ju I'm not mm -hmm. judging. But, mm -hmm. but I am saying that we have to be aware. And what did they say? What, what happened at the temple? They were like, whatever, cover your shoulders. <laughs> they were um, blown away by my observation. Mm. They couldn't, and I presented it in the most respectful mm. way. And uh, they were really blown away by that because interestingly enough, even though they've been there every day, it never occurred to them. They see it, but they don't see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right, we got your opinion there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. I know like this, a lot of this is, uh, I was talking more about native traditions where you will not see women's breasts on the walls, but there's an honoring of the feminine and there's so many mm -hmm. layers of shame in, in all of us really in humanity. And there there's, is. there's, there's so many layers there. Um, but there's something in that womb energy that people want Right. So how can women, and this is my last question, promise, how can women protect that sacred chakra and heal it? You spoke about airing out, you know, that's a ceremony. You could do your own version of ceremonies. I know we it's do that. Acceptance and forgiveness. Acceptance, forgiveness. Of the energy that's been moved through it. A lot of the energy that began the slowing of the sacral chakra is like I said in childhood and beyond our awareness, like the example I used with myself. And then later, um, through uh, women experimenting with sex, through the subliminal advertising and marketing, uh, the sexual Hello. energy that's degrading women, uh, the word sex itself written in a Disney cloud uh, in The Lion King, very overtly. Um, there's all of these different energies that are compiling uh, into the young girl uh, to make her sexual energy uh, extroverted. And her sexual energy uh, needs to be balanced and respected. And she is the one in control of that. So we have to learn how to deflect mm -hmm. and, and allow the, the healing space but forgiving too. Women have a lot of shame and guilt over sexual relations, over one night stands, over abortions, over whatever, mm -hmm. uh, all kinds of guilt. Okay. And, <clears throat> you know, people make mistakes and people can learn from them. Mm -hmm. And we're not our mistakes. Right. Actually. <laughs> right. Right. So there it is. Right. Yeah. So. I really like that learning how to deflect and internalizing your sexual energy, which is a beautiful thing to be able to cultivate your sexual energy as well versus externalizing it and probably self-awareness, right? Like, are you, yeah. are you trying to use it to get something? Well, I mean, there was one time we had a visiting monk 
and um, they had a bit of an attitude, I thought. And um, they said to me, don't you think that with your hair so blonde and my hair used to be very long, that you're really drawing attention to you? And I paused for a moment and I said, well, don't you think wearing bright orange and being bald is drawing attention to you? Uh-huh. And the monk, uh, not used to being questioned because they hadn't yet met me, they didn't know me uh, yet. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I was absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. And that the, the, he was coming from a place of judgment. Mm-hmm. And, and, and by asking that question, he was in turn trying to insult me in a, to a certain way. Uh, when I wasn't attention seeking, I just didn't cut my hair and, um, and he had uh, no hair (laughs) for a different reason, but (laughs) trust me, both are going to stand out in the crowd, Mm -hmm. perhaps, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and then again, what's wrong with that? So it's all motivation. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, monks are monks for a specific reason. They chose mm-hmm. that path for a reason. Sometimes their parents just, you know, put them in there when they were six or seven and, you know, be a good Buddhist family, give the, mm-hmm. you know, monastery a monk, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like the Catholics, you know, you got eight kids. One of them should be a priest. That kind of was the thought back when I was in school. So, I mean, it's all our own judgment. Mm-hmm. And, and, when you're going to just be aware of when we're in a place of judgment and where that's coming from, I mean, is it to hurt or help? And right. that's just a simple question. Is it to hurt either or if it's for ourselves or on others. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I, if I, it's hurting, don't do that. Right? If it's hurting. Yeah. And is it like, you're going to feel better. And someone else is going to feel worse. Right. Maybe you're just trying to feel something in yourself. And, and Right. I mean, I'm getting all this insights hearing you. It's really helpful. Like, you know, what if everyone gets to be unique, knowing that in our hearts we're the same and there's nothing wrong? That's when I, a lot of times when I when I channel for people, I just channel higher selves. I don't bring other entities in. Um, but it's like, oh, what if there's nothing wrong? They always tell me, what if there's nothing wrong with you? There's nothing wrong with anybody. Well, in the garden of humanity, there's a rose desire to be a violet. Is a violet wish to be a tulip? Is, you know, but, maybe, f- the, but maybe the monk desires to have long blonde hair. Yeah, well, possibly. <laughs> But, you know, one is not better than the other. Each is individual and unique and should be um, appreciated and respected for that. And no matter where any student is or anyone is on their path, it's okay. Relax. Trust the drama. Trust the universe. It's never wrong. That's a good one. Trust the drama. Yeah, check that out. Check that out, Oprah. Trust the drama. <laughs> Trust the drama. Trust the it's drama. It's presenting itself for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's up to us to unemotionally, objectively view the situation and be 
become extraordinarily honest with ourselves and how we act. And then again, ask that next question. Is this how I want to be? Is this how I want to feel? And if the answer is no, then we begin to create change. We begin to create change. Yeah. Thank you so much. I love to see that for children too, that vision. They get to program themselves. They get to create change themselves. That, right. that was a beautiful point. Thank you so much, Lori. How Thank can you. our listeners follow up with you? Uh, they can check out my website at treehypnotherapy.com or you can follow me on Facebook or Twitter or any of those, although I'm not really good at that. But um, if you're interested in workshops, it's workshops at treehypnotherapy.com. Awesome. What are you excited about for 2021? <laughs> you know, really, honestly, large crowds and <laughs> hugging my friends and um, touching people mm. and not being subjected to fear mongering or mm. narratives that put people on the edge but just a, a beautiful unfolding because from the darkest depth of the mud unfolds the beautiful lotus and so mm -hmm. we're growing we're growing thank you so much thank you If you enjoyed listening to today's episode, and I sure hope you did, you can listen to Awaken Life Radio wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. To join the conversation, hop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Awakened Life Tribe. You can join us there and share any thoughts, feelings, insights, or questions that you have from listening to Awaken Life Radio, and we can interact and connect more. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Namaste.